Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the 2004 film The Phantom of the Opera. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do proceed and listen without having seen it, just be aware that we talk about the plot and it will be spoiled for you. Enjoy. I want to pork a ghost because he's fit. He murders stagehands, but I'll live with it. Is that all you got? Uh, hold on, hold on. Let's see what I can come up with on the fly. <laughs> yeah, what time did you get to bed after working that one out? <laughs> that, that, that was a week. That was a week. <laughs> I just saw your cat bothering you. Yeah, she's she's just moved so I can actually swivel around and sit in a more comfortable position. Oh, you mean like she moved house? Did she buy her own place? She did, yeah. I mean, she's a very determined cat. Um, she's been working, putting money into her cat savings. Yeah, you know, if you... um. If you work hard and you apply yourself, you can achieve anything, even if you're a cat. Exactly, exactly. The cat American dream. (laughs) But there are no cats in America, and the streets are paved with cheese. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Fifel. 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 Fifel? The Fifel Tower? (laughs) Boris to Fifel Johnson. (laughs) It was him in an American tale all along. And that's funny because he was born in New York. He was, he was. He was an, a non-domicile, which is a stupid word for someone who avoids tax um, legally. But um, I think he had to, re- didn't he have to renounce his sh- citizenship to become mayor or something? I don't care enough about his personal life to know these things. No, I don't care about his personal life either, although I hear he kicks cats. He's a He, he makes little models of him kicking cats that's what he does yeah yeah so if you google boris johnson kicking cats you get stuff about models of him kicking cats that he makes rather than the actual crime itself he knows how to optimize a search engine that man i mean he does if you're an idiot (laughs) i i find that i find that there's a lot of people who go on about the the intelligence of of the right wing and you know there's this master plan but has anyone ever thought that actually there is no master plan and it's just greed and chaos yeah and it's just it's the absolute lack of a plan which is causing such confusion yeah yeah it's like we've had three and a half years to come up with a plan and the plan is a shit deal <laughs> it's his master work yeah but still pe- people think people mistake all this shit for intellect i thought we were over jordan peterson but yesterday no, sorry, last night on the train, saw a guy reading 12 Rules for Life. This morning, sat right next to a fucker reading 12 Rules for Life. I, I wanted to turn to him and be like, why are you reading that shit? Why are you doing that next to me? I've never seen anybody reading that book. Yeah, well, I commute in and out of London. It's full of fools. <laughs> <laughs> um, old old Geordie. Do they, do, do they have books friends. where you live? 
Yes, they do. <laughs> they have quite a considerable number of books. Yeah. They got the Bible. I'll the have, Torah. I'll have you know that this is a, a highly esteemed part of the country, Mr. Metropolitan Elite. Yeah, Mr. Metropolitan Liberal Elite. You're the borough of Woking. You are the reason that Brexit <laughs> happened with your smugness. Mm. It's all my fault. And I'm I'm a Ramona now. I can't accept that we lost. I can't accept that basically this whole thing is just the same as a football match. It's not complicated. It's not complex. There aren't, you know, layers and layers to it. It's not like a an onion of bureaucracy. There aren't, you know, laws and things that we need to disentangle. It's very simple. It was like a football match. We lost. And I'm crying and I can't accept it because I'm a Ramona and a bad loser. Wow. That's exactly right. what happened. I I need a wambulance, and that is the truth. <laughs> you do need a wambulance. Yep. Well. <laughs> oh, how are you anyway? Yeah, I'm. I'm fine. Life yeah. is life is pain. The way the way you said that was like the British. Yeah, how everyone in Britain feels right now. Uh, I'm fine because <laughs> we're all so resigned to everything just being shit. What I find funny is that everyone goes on about how. Um, oh, what's happened to the tolerant Britain I knew and loved? It's like it's never been a tolerant Britain. It never existed. Mate. It never happened. We we've never been this glorious utopia of of left wing freedoms and no. respect between people of different opinions. It's always been a shit fest. Yeah, yeah. There's a good, a quite decent book. Well, I'm based on the title alone. Um, the book that the company that I work for published recently called Fifty Two Times Britain Was a Bellend. And um, real legit book, you can look it up. And I think that sums it up quite well. In fact, through our history, we really have just always been bad. Yes, yeah, that's um, Jim Felton, who yeah, that's um, right, who I I know on Twitter. He tweets good tweets. He tweets good tweets. He's um, good at saying pithy things. Indeed, and sometimes you need that. Like I, I don't care about. I, I've gone so far past caring about the serious news and taking the news seriously because it's just far too depressing i, yeah. I want taking my the news, news seriously is for suckers i want my news delivered to me in snarky comments and that's it otherwise it's just the worst yeah that's what we want speaking of worst i was in frankfurt last week and i had um bratwurst for lunch and dinner <laughs> that's very good yeah that's what you do and sauerkraut it was the best Speaking of also the worst. <laughs> Speaking of things that are the worst. Um, Justin Butler. Justin Trudeau. Uh, he he is, made it. He's he still, made it back in, he's but just it's about a minority managed government. To, he's just so, about yeah. managed to, in spite of the fact that he was a stupid fucking idiot when yeah. he was a kid. And I, when I say kid, I mean you when mean he was like... Adult, yeah. older, older than us, dressing <laughs> when he was up an in human and wearing male. a turban. Yeah. Um, which... You've got to be fucking stupid, haven't you? Yeah. But, you know, aside from all of that stuff, from what I hear from Canadians is that he's also been very, very disappointing on his policy pledges too. And that, you know, all of this stuff is all just a bit of a ruse for what's essentially soft neoliberalism. So there you go. Yeah, well, that's what you get. It's still better than the alternative. I mean, I'd still rather live in Canada than here. And I'm still working on my plan to move there and get drafted by the Toronto Blue Jays as the oldest ever draftee. <laughs> but that's that's my grand plan. See, I don't know. We've still got, in spite of everything that people have tried to do to this country, we've still got a pretty good welfare system here of support mechanisms and healthcare and everything like that that even surpasses what the Canadian model is. 
Um, it just goes to show how far. Um, what are they called? The 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 cool hip left wing party. The NDP. NDP. That's it. Because um, they're pushing for for bigger farmer care over there, and it's like, oh shit, the nudie party. Because everyone thinks of Canada as being like the the happy happiest place on earth, but in fact, I in don't fact, know. That's all of the Nordics, isn't it? Yes, that is that is all of the Scandinavian countries. Sweden, um, the only place in the world where they recognise that fathers need time off with their babies too. <laughs> Imagine that. And no UK government shared parental leave does not cut it. Not going to turn this into like a suddenly ranting about dad things podcast, but. Yeah, shared parental leave sounds really progressive. All it is is allowing the existing entitlement to be split between both parents. It's not giving dads anything extra. No, I mean, it is better than the alternative, which is, what is it, two weeks? Two weeks, yeah. Which is ridiculous. But um, Which is absolutely nothing. But it would be it would be nice to see things pushed even further in the other direction. <clears throat> I'd like to push Boris Johnson in one direction, that direction being away from me. And off a bridge. I'd like to push him into one direction. <laughs> yeah, that would be fun. He could re- he get them back together. Oh, and then they could roll him up in a carpet and throw him off a bridge. Or they could all fall off the bridge. <laughs> Apart from Harry Styles, because we like him. Yeah, he's fine. He's all right. He's fine. He did that cover of The Chain by Fleetwood Mac. That which, is, which, is most, which is most good. It's a very good cover. Yeah. And his stuff's, his stuff's pretty decent for a pop musician. And apparently he can act. I haven't seen any of his films. He's I've seen him in one thing. He's fine in um, Dunkirk, which is a good movie. Which I'm never going to see. It's very good. It's a real interesting take on it. Um, avoiding the grandeur that often comes with those kind of historical movies, which I appreciated. Um, but yeah, it's it's he's fine. He's fine. We sh- I yeah. don't think we should celebrate people for doing things moderately well just because they're good at something else. Yeah, that's true. You should either be really, really good at something or you should go away. <laughs> and this is the thing. All of our parliamentarians, all of our politicians, they're all mediocre. None of them are good at it. Yeah, it's every everything's bad. Yep, everything's bad. It's almost yeah. as though you'd like someone in a mask to drop a chandelier on everyone <laughs> in the country. That'd be all right. Yeah, I could go for that. Which I'd, I could, I could get behind that. I think the Phantom of the Opera, as much as a, um, he's here, the Phantom of the Opera. He's inside our minds. Yeah. There's, did you notice, by the way, there is one point at which Jennifer Ellison, she turns and says, literally, like, repeating the lyrics of the song in speaking, she says, he's here. The Phantom of the Opera's here. And it's like, come on. We know. <laughs> that's that's what it's about. That's the whole point. The songs and everything, you know? So, do you enjoy this movie? I enjoy this movie. Yeah, in a way. I was very tired when I watched it, and it was really loud and crashing, and I just wanted to go to bed. <laughs> um yeah but it was interesting because i hadn't seen this movie since uh, probably yeah around 2006 my first year of university um when you know i also went to see the stage show around the same time as well and i really really enjoyed it and i've always had a lot of time for the music of andrew lloyd webber if not the man himself but um yeah so i I remember enjoying it at the time being quite swept up in it because i enjoy musicals as a whole and it's a very very classic musical but Watching this back later on, I made me realise that now that I've listened to and seen a lot of much better and more developed musicals um, and, you know, better films or whatever, I realised that this is kind of a really, really loud, crashing, 
honking pile of garbage. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I, I think I think musicals are at their best when they're loud and honking. You know, you want you want something over the top on stage. I can't stand going to see something in the theatre, and it's that's why you didn't like Hamilton, right? Not enough crashing organs for you. I haven't seen Hamilton, and I'm not going to put in that amount of effort to go and see a stage show. I'm sorry, I'm not, not going to go go up to that London. It's more like when people are like, "Oh, I I I gave the blood of my firstborn child, and within six months I had Hamilton tickets." It's like, "Fuck off! Go and do you something else." You don't have else to do that time. anymore. You can get tickets easily now. It's go and fine. go and do something else of your time. Nothing is worth that much effort. No piece of media is worth that much effort. As good as it is, <laughs> it's not like that anymore. It was like that initially. Well, it's well, enough. I got I got tickets. I care not. It's fine. I'm seen sure. It twice. I'm sure it's fine. It had my favorite boy in it, um, David Diggs. Oh, he's yeah. great. Yeah. I really love David Diggs. And speaking of, I'm sure that there's a great cross correlation of people who listen to this podcast and who listen to experimental hip hop. Mm-hmm. Um, but his uh, his band Clipping is amazing. Yeah, and their yeah. new album is amazing. So go and listen to it. Um, yeah, it's the, the whole extremely good. Nothing else gets as manic as as really popular stage shows no nothing gets people really riled up like the harry potter one where people were like i i did actual black magic and i got tickets <laughs> and all i had to do was kill my cat and i I, yeah, I i i i did it i sacrificed the cat it's just it's it's what boris johnson did to get tickets yeah so he, he, he even him as it. as former mayor of london couldn't get tickets and I, it's fine, you know. Or you could just not do that and chill yeah. out, guys. Come on. You know what was funny was actually when we went to see the show, we were sat next to a lovely Canadian family who'd managed to get tickets on the day because it was the day of a major England World Cup game, and everyone had there had been loads of returns at the box office. Oh, good. The man's name was Augustine. Isn't that a lovely name? That is a, a lovely name, and I can kind of understand people doing that because seeing england do well in some kind of sports competition is quite a rare thing whereas you can then go and see a stage show whenever you want yeah it gives you an opportunity to get drunk and punch someone out of joy rather than out of fear and desperation yeah exactly which is what i'd do if i was stuck in the theater watching a harry potter thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh do you, wait do you not go to like theater shows i go is to theater the shows i've seen um i've seen a fair few but i like it when things do something a bit different um i find it's one of the most um restrictive forms of storytelling and so i like it when things do something a little bit interesting with it like i like the whole send-up of it from the book of mormon which is one of my favorite stage shows where they 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 really messed around with it and did a real bombastic silly um silly musical but made it about warlords in africa and as i've never seen it it's very good um the music in it is by the people who did avenue q Right, yeah, um, which I've also not seen, but is coming to the theatre in Woking, so I've got no excuse. Oh, there we go, there we go. Um, or may even be on there right now. And and I really want, I haven't gone to see it, but I really want to go and see The Woman in Black, because one of my favourite things that I've seen in the theatre is a theatrical version of And Then There Were None, which is one of the most spectacular oh, yeah. versions of that story being told. Um, and it's, it is it is like the the best murder mystery story ever there's nothing that even comes close to it Um, and when they did it on stage they did it in such an interesting manner Um, but most of the time I'm like I've seen Phantom of the Opera it's good it's good when the chandelier comes down right yeah and I love the synthy nonsense and it goes bang the the synthy nonsense is good and when the fella drops it's it's amazing Um, 
But the the film, did you not feel there wasn't enough synthy nonsense? That like, in fact they'd gone too big and too bombastic with the arrangements. It was just, you know, what it reminded me of. I never thought of it before until I rewatched it recently. It reminded me of Black Swan. And you know how I'm always banging on about how crashing and loud the music in Black Swan is. This reminded me of that. It was a real assault on my ears. I don't know. I think you were just in a bad mood when you saw this because I think <laughs> it's it's more of a. Um traditional take on the music of phantom of the opera but it's still there it's not like they've got atonal stuff going on or anything like no, that no. um they've just made it more historical i guess um so i was really digging particularly when they're going down the spooky river in the bone boat and there's you've got the synth going in the background and i'm like this is what i want from my my halloween musical the bone boat <laughs> <laughs> the literal bone boat and also the metaphorical bone boat <laughs> Because that's what they were both thinking. Let's be honest. Um, so I, I don't know. This is directed by by Joel Schumacher, who I love. Um, I won't hear a, a, a bad word about that beautiful man. Um, what else has he done? So he did. He did the terrible Batman movies. Um, which ones are those? So he did Batman and Robin, which is the one with um, Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mister Freeze. I yeah. don't think I've seen it. Everything Arnold Schwarzenegger says in that film is a one-liner. So, what killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age. It's <laughs> it's time to kick some ice, etc. Um, That's genius. It's it's great and it's terrible. It's one of the worst things I've ever seen. Um, he also did Batman Forever, which is the one with Val Kilmer. Um, oh yeah, which is again, it's certainly a film. And and what I love about them <laughs> is that they're... it's in film to Val Kilmer. <laughs> it's what i love about them and what i love about joel schumacher's work is he's got this real eye for the sensational um so even in his more direct movie so he did like phone booth i don't know if you've ever seen uh phone booth yes i have i quite Um, liked it at the time yep and uh and uh movies like the number 23 um or tigerland which is a, a war movie um even even with those kind of things he he's got this real air for the dramatic air for the Air for the colourful, the theatrical. Um, and that goes all the way back to his early movies. So he did um, The Lost Boys. He did St. Elmo's Fire. He did Flatliners. Um, oh, right. And so so he... he was, I, I like St. Elmo's Fire. That's a good film. So I he, think that's actually an underrated film. I'd say it's, it's, it's up there with the other movies of the 80s about young people. It's got a lot of saxophone on the soundtrack. Of course it does. That's what you want from there's not enough saxophone. Not not even in enough in eighties movies is there enough saxophone, is there? Yeah. Um as, I suppose St. Elmo's Fire is something we could watch for this podcast at some point. Yeah. I can't believe um, we haven't gotten around to that actually. But yeah, he also did um like Flatliners is a movie I really love, which is a very silly film about these medical students who um they they give each other near death experiences, so they kill themselves and then get yeah. <laughs> get their mates to bring them back. And they're like, "Oh, what did you see on the other side?" And then bad things happen because, of course, they do. That's a Kevin Bacon, isn't it? Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, but he's always had this real um, unique voice, and and with the with his most infamous movies, the Batman films, he basically tried to recreate the camp of the old TV show um through a sort of 90s lens um so it's this weird blend of gothic and camp all together and i think that's exactly what you get with his version of the phantom of the opera as well yeah with a lot of like farting bass going on it's it's really sort of you've got the 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 spooky cobwebs and the candlesticks um so many candlesticks but then you've also got mini driver 
Uh, I ate my hat. <laughs> who that I love makes in this. Me absolutely howl with laughter. Every I time. really, I really, I really love Minnie Driver in this movie. <laughs> she's she's m- probably my favorite thing about it. Um, and 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 I think because it has that over the topness, I think it really understands the musical because the musical is trash. It is, like, yeah, it's like <laughs> it's ridiculous and stupid. You like don't get it, any character development whatsoever. No, it's, it's just it's a just bunch of loud howling and... songs thrown at you, a bit of talk singing in the middle, and some romantic weeping. Yeah, it's just it's just songs that you recognise. Um, maybe you recognise them because they sound incredibly similar to a Pink Floyd song. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how far we should get into that before the lawyers will come calling. But yeah, wait, which what Pink Floyd song? Comfortably um, numb. S- no, it's um. Oh, which one is it? Which one hey, is it? Lloyd Webber. Leave those kids alone. <laughs> Maybe it's Andrew Floyd Webber. Um, it's uh, oh, up, what sheeple. is it? It's something off. It's something off Dark Side of the Moon. Um, uh, what is it? It's um, Echoes, I think. Um, oh, I can't. Yes, I can't remember Echoes. every song on that album. So that's um, the one that starts with "Breathe," right? Um, oh no, it's off Metal. I'm sorry, it's off Metal. Ah, okay. Um, but. Uh, but yes, it's um, it has exactly it has the beginning of the Phantom of the Opera refrain is part of that song. What? Um, yes. Oh, that's right. Yes. Um, now that I can hear it in my head now. Yep. And then it goes on a bit further, basically. Yeah. Um, now Pink Floyd, right? You know that at one time or another, it might not be true anymore. But they had the most active tribute bands of any band. Yes, I have seen uh, one of the biggest. The Australian um, Pink Floyd show? Yes, so the Australian yeah. Pink Floyd was amazing. So again, um, I feel it, like Pink Floyd have about three or four really, really good songs. One of which is I've Got a Bike, You Can Ride It If You Like. Um, and the rest is just like noodling masturbatory nonsense. See, I disagree. I think they're a very interesting band because they... they went through lots of different transitions i think um and what when you listen to pink floyd you can think of like oh yeah that's the that's the hippie stuff and and you it's the wizard of oz stuff yeah or no is it wizard of oz yeah it's, <laughs> yeah, it's wizard yeah. you you play wizard of oz backwards and then you play the album and shit happens if you're really high or whatever um but but at the same time there there's this tension behind some of it so um another brick in the wall there's there's this mm. there's this there's this tension behind it all that you don't necessarily think of when you think of prog music from that from that era or um you've got songs like welcome to the machine which is this great track um so i don't know i think they there's more depth of field in pink floyd than people give them credit for and i think it's another band that they they exist and in the public consciousness they exist as one thing but in reality they did a lot of other stuff and it's the other stuff which is why their fans love them so much yeah yeah of course well, as as prog music goes I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a rush guy you know see i fucking hate rush what's your beef with rush they're so boring Great. oh they're fantastic rush rush is just tool they're just tool but for the <laughs> 80s that's all they are and also, they're all libertarians. And yeah, yeah. That, fuck off. that side of it is very worrying. Canadian libertarians as well. Um, yeah, like, Russia, Russia overrated. I'm sorry. 
they're they're just an 80s hair metal band who did a few things in a different time signature and people love them for it yeah and he's got a double neck guitar he's got a bass on one and a guitar on the other how do you amplify that shit you don't you just throw it in the bin and you get a bass guitar and you get an electric guitar like a normal human being i don't know i just find their stuff really really epic and enjoyable and fun you know who did it better who literally anybody (laughs) i thought you were genuinely going to suggest a band then well if you want if you want if you want a band that genuinely does epic better go and listen to dragon force well you basically yeah. you get that's, the rush that's, exp- a, that's leveling up but yeah <laughs> you, you get the rush experience but you get it in modern day mixing yeah that's like some the- modern day mixing at quadruple speed <laughs> yeah exactly so go, go listen go listen to dragon force instead they also got a much better name they are was- awesome i've seen them live a couple times yeah yeah they they're trampolines great. They're great because uh, I don't know. I'm a I'm kind of a prog guy, and I feel like the best prog bands are the ones that either were the pioneers or that do weird shit with it. So so yeah. when you're looking at like post metal bands who really like get go to town on on messing with with the genre scope of what it is, or if you're looking at historic ones like uh, King Crimson's Court or the Kim- Crimson King, yeah, is is the all time best prog album ever. Come at me, prog rock fans who want to argue. Um, nothing is better than um than 21st century Schizoid Man. That's the ultimate prog experience. Um, and yeah, Russia just there. <laughs> They're there. They're hanging out. They 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 do prog music, and you know that's fine. You know what? But I can't think of a band that is less deserving of the acclaim that they get, apart from maybe Tool. Because <laughs> you, you're still on your crusade about how much you hate the new Tool album. It's so boring. <laughs> I tried listening to it again, and it's just so dull. Like no, I, ne- I never got into Tool. Honestly. At, like because at their best, at their best, Tool have really managed, really managed to like do that quiet, loud dynamic incredibly well. But the new album is literally just the same. It, every song it goes on for about thirty minutes and then it ends, and you get no. There's nothing to get the heart racing. Yeah, well, it's a really good cover version of the Phantom of the Opera song. Is the version by Nightwish. Were you ever oh, into that kind Nightwish. of metal? Like <laughs> it was a bit too, a bit too silly for me. Like a bit too, like ridiculous, uh, silly power metal wolf metal i i was a big fan of that and i still listen to nightwish occasionally i'd still I'd still get chills from some of their songs i went to see I them think, they were very good i think from a from a metal perspective i always like stuff with more of a groove to it yeah. um so like i really love ministry ministry is one of my favorite bands yeah um because it's the kind of thing where it's got a real groove whereas i think a lot of the more symphonic metal um it goes between lars ulrich hideous fast snare hitting and then big uh, big string moments without anything in the middle where you can like grind your hips. Yeah, and uh, no music is good unless you can grind your hips to it. There's that's, no hip grinding at a night. No, no, <laughs> that, that's the number one rule of music <laughs> is if you can't grind your hips to it, it's not a good song. Pink yeah. Floyd, you can grind your hips to it. Rush, you can't. <laughs> Just because it's in seven eight doesn't mean you can't grind your hips to it. <laughs> uh, Tool, some of it you can. New album, you can't. <laughs> Phantom of the Opera, you can grind your hips to it. Yeah. Harry Potter, you can't. <laughs> Could that be? Because it's not a musical. <laughs> exactly. That's why it sucks. It's the it's the worst stage show. It has no music in it. Yeah. Boo. <laughs> One of these Sing days. us a song we know, Harry. 
<laughs> Harry, I know your parents are dead, but give us a tune. Yeah. Come on. Come on, Voldemort. Do a rap. Oh, you're doing time travel now, are you, Harry? Again. I came here to why see don't you take us? Why don't you take us back to go and see Pink Floyd, Harry? <laughs> yeah, that's what we all paid for. The only musician I care about is Roger Waters. Thank you very much, Harry. <laughs> oh, very good. But yeah, could you grind your hips to the front of the opera? I suppose you could. I mean, Gerard, doing... Gerard Butler, he gives it a good old go, doesn't he? You can't see it, but I'm doing it right now in my head. And it's working. You can do it. In your head. Well, I, I'm doing the... I'm not singing the song, but I'm grinding my hips and it works. Right. Um, because it's a move, it's it's a movie, and it's a it's a musical, and it's a set of songs about a sexy boy. The Phantom of the Opera. He's a sexy boy. Yeah, he's he's um he's hench. He's got a good chest. He's he's a he's a beefy lad. But unfortunately, everything in his world and everything is torture because there's a little bit of red on his face. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's a little bit burnt. Um, that that's that that is his curse. Is well, I I like how the movie goes into his past a little bit more, and and that's the what I found interesting is that the the movie goes into the book history and into the mm. book story much more than the musical does. The bit um, where he's like he's a kid and he's in like the freak show and stuff that is genuinely very harrowing. Yeah, yeah, and and all of that is is part of the 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 original story of of the Phantom of the Opera. Um, and I liked that they added it in because it would have been easy for them just to go, yeah, here's the songs. There you go. That's what you wanted. Um, but instead, they really did delve into it a little bit more, um, which was nice um, because Phantom of the Opera, I, this kind of exists as Andrew Lloyd Webber's Beauty and the Beast, as in he takes an iconic gothic story and then fucks it for all eternity by becoming the 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 pop culture reference for that tale also involves a man called gaston indeed um who'd win in a fight between gaston and raul gaston obviously yeah because Ra- raul, raul is, a, is a total ponce raul is is a soy boy he, he's an absolute soy boy with a, a very a lion's mane that does not look like it's been well conditioned <laughs> With Gaston, his hair is true. With with Raoul, this is a facade. Yeah, it's a wig. Not real. Um, <laughs> Couldn't even grow his own hair. What are you no, doing, exactly. Patrick Wilson? Exactly. But but you know what I mean. Like like the La Belle and La Bette is this historical story. But now, if you mention Beauty and the Beast, the only thing that people refer to is Tale as Old as Time. Yeah. And it's the same with the Phantom of the Opera. It's this it's this historical gothic novel, creepy old opera house there's a fellow with a mask who occasionally kills people and everyone seems to be okay with it for some reason yeah um does some gruesome shit but 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 the only version of that in public consciousness is which which i think is a bit of a shame because let's bring back these stories i i know that um, the Phantom of the Opera it was going to be part of, you know, I was talking to you about the dark universe, uh, yeah. cinematic universe. Um, it was going to be part of that. And obviously oh, really? that's died. I don't know if that's going to happen. What, so it was going not. to be like Tom Cruise and the mummy fall into an opera house. And then there's Gerald Butler with a mask on. And he's like, what up, mummy? Exactly. That's, hey, a, that's how be, these things I'll work, be your right? daddy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then yeah. It's, yeah. It's called the daddy. And it's, it's Gerald Butler. 
as the Phantom, but like he's just had a kid. Oh, I was I was referring it's like a to, sort of boss baby situation. I was referring to daddy in the in the sexy sense, not, oh, right. in, the, okay. not in the precious sense. Because um, he's the daddy of the opera and he raises one eyebrow and he's not wearing a shirt. The daddy of the opera is here, a sexy man. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it goes. Yeah, that's how it. That's how it is. Um, yeah, so it was going to be part of that, and obviously that's not happening anymore. So I imagine What's that that means that they're going to be shelving the idea of doing a new version. But I would love it if someone did an, a nice, scary version. Because again, it's one of these historic horror franchises. Musical. Yeah, it's it's one of these historic horror franchises. So you've got those silent movies, you've got the Hammer horror version, you've got the really shit 80s version with... Uh, um, What's his name? Robert England, aka Freddy Krueger. Yeah, I've the, never the seen Phantom. it, but it looks absolutely terrible. It is, it is incredibly bad, uh, which is why you should see it. Um, but and so I'd love it if someone could do it. But for now, this is as close as we're going to get. And I felt like it fits in quite well with a horror night. Yeah, I think you could absolutely. watch this quite easily on a Halloween movie night. Yeah, for sure. It's it is genuinely scary in parts. There's bits where it is, it's totally ridiculous, but yeah, all that all that stuff. Um, yeah, the backstory stuff is the most scary stuff, but it's it, it's atmospheric certainly more than anything else. Right? Yeah, it feels like a spooky fairground ride. It, it feels like you're going on a a um, a Disneyland haunted house ride. Yeah, um, which is great, and I, I think that's a really nice uh atmosphere to have in a film like this and it's something that not everything well very few things do actually um you very rarely get those movies that feel like that and i I guess the closest you get are i suppose it kind of has that quality where it's kind of a fun movie whilst at the same time scaring the crap out of you yeah um where there's three doors and one says scary one says very very scary and one says not scary at all which one do you choose and and when you go through not scary, that's when you find the room full of clowns. Um, yeah, and so I like I like that about this. And, and there's no denying that this film is a piece of shit. It is it is very much the it's it's one of the ultimate shit pieces out there. In yeah, the, it is absurd and it is ridiculous and it is at times incredibly bad. Um, but whenever it's bad, it's enjoyable, and whenever it's not bad, it's still. It, it's more enjoyable and yeah. i don't think you can you can fault it for that no I'd, I'd say that's fair i mean how differently could you have done this kind of adaptation of that musical and still managed to get all the songs and everything in there i don't know what you could have done really apart no, from it... not have gerard butler who is one of the biggest clowns in hollywood and is dead to me because of ps i love you but... <laughs> he he is forever in my heart because of ps i love you P.S. I love Jared Butler. Um, I I think there's no way this is this is a a good adaptation of the stage show. Um, it has exactly the same tone. It's got exactly the same flaws, but also it succeeds in exactly the same ways. Um, but it has the added bonus of Jared Butler howling into the moonlight, doing his best singing. I mean, and we I adore we talked for it. Yeah, his best singing. We we talked um, when we did Les Mis about how Russell Crowe was bellowing. My God, Gerard Butler on this one makes him look like he's very, very soft indeed. He <laughs> makes him sound like Mick Hucknall, our favourite oh, guy. And what what's good is that they are all doing it themselves apart from Minnie Driver. 
um, yeah. who who can sing but isn't an operatic singer. So fair enough, you know. Um, as 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 her character is purely singing in an operatic fashion, yeah. Um, I think you know it's it's kind of a shame that she wasn't able to lend her voice more. But apparently, she sang the outro song. That's her yes. doing that, which is nice. Um, and but I I like that about it. So you've got the hamminess of of Gerard Butler singing that kind of um like you said bellowing quality to it yeah um which, which the first time it... you really hear him sing properly he's going insolent boy rah, 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 rah. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay all right which is great i love it it's 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 so campy and over the top and um i really love that aspect of it and i can't imagine if could you imagine if they got somebody like good to be in this you mean like pierce Instead... brosnan I said good. As much as I love Brosnan, he ain't no singer. Um, but like, imagine if they got someone in who had played the Phantom on stage. Yeah, yeah. Well, originally they were supposed to have the people from the stage show, but it took it was stuck in development hell for so long that they had, I don't know, disappeared. I mean, why would you have someone competent when you can have someone enjoyable? Yeah, that's that that's Hollywood's motto, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um. Or, or or why would you have someone um, competent when you could not have someone enjoyable either and just put people in who will make money, who can phone it in? Yeah, like Simon Callow doing his best impression of the Go Compare tenor. <laughs> <laughs> and you've, you've got Kieran Hines as well, who's great. Um, Patrick Wilson is just a... He's a, a a limp, chinless wonder. He is his, really terrible. Like which, his, his when he first appears and he's like just saying his lines really monotonously. You're like, oh my god, he's so, he, he really is terrible. But again, it exemplifies the character of Raoul, who is that you know. Um, he is a drip, isn't he? Yeah, and and that and he's that's wet what's milk. great. That's what's exactly he is. He is the wet milk of this movie, and 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 that's what's great about the story of the Phantom is. Um, because in the original, um, in the original novel, have you ever read the the? Original yeah, novel? yeah, a long time ago. Um, but obviously, he th- there is no real sort of love triangle. It gets as far as there being sympathy, but that's about it. Yeah. Um, whereas they really try and build up this thing as like, oh, there is this frisson between them, um, which which works well, and I think it needed uh, him to be the nice but boring guy, and then the Phantom to be the dangerous yet dangerous guy yeah <laughs> he's dangerous ooh, he's, yeah oh yeah very dangerous guy yeah it's oh he's, he's got, got a bit of, he's he's, he's got hanging a bit of, people uh, literally hanging people yeah he he's he's a bit of a rebel but also he's following up on that by murdering people for no fucking reason yeah he's only a bit um, of a murderer you could still love him <laughs> yeah he's just you could he's change just, him he's just killing the working class we can change him yeah um it's, it's a bad habit he'll grow out of it yeah exactly um and so it's yeah, I and I think that decision, which you know wasn't made by this movie, that was made by by Andrew Floyd Webber, um, and I think that was a very clever one to try and get that love triangle built in. And you kind of think, oh, maybe you should do that more often. And I suppose there was that whole element of Les Mis um, between, uh, oh, what's the other female character's name? Fantine. Fantine, yes. Yeah. Um, and and so you've got that kind of love triangle there, um. And you kind of think, oh, what else could you do that in? You know, could you know, you've got the love triangle in Dracula. You've shown that that works really yep, well on stage. Yep. What about Frankenstein? Love yeah. between Frankenstein, Igor, and the monster. 
He's just got his arms falling off. That's all right. It doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's the yeah. problem with that. Or, <laughs> you know, you, you could do it with all of these. The, the Wicker Man. You know, you've yeah. got love between a man and a woman and a giant Wicker Man. A man and a woman and Nicolas Cage on fire. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. he's also... So, yeah, he wants to bone her. He wants to take her on the bone boat. But he also, like, then weirdly pretends to be her dad. It's, yeah, very strange. There's, like, a dad... There's There has to be a dead dad sad bit. That's why he's the daddy yeah. of the opera. Yeah, exactly. It's... Yeah, it, work, it works on both levels. But also, in real life, the age difference between them was incredibly creepy. Um, so, Emmy, Emmy Rossum... Um, who's yeah, good? She was I like, like Emmy Rossum a lot. 17... Yeah, she was she was sixteen or seventeen when this movie was made, and then Jared Butler was like thirty four, um, and Patrick Wilson was like thirty. So it was like this is creepy. Yeah, don't do that. But they guys. hired her for her voice, didn't they? Yes, yeah, yeah, because she is a very talented singer. Um, yeah, and yeah, I, I, I think in general the performances in this movie match the tone, where it's all very caricature-esque and it feels like a silly stage show yeah um it is silly there's no room for subtlety on stage no don't, i don't want subtlety in my stage shows as previously mentioned i want ham <laughs> yeah, you can't deal with it i want well, swinging how do you not like everywhere. hamilton it's got ham in the name it doesn't live up to the promise of the ham in the name. I, I have no idea. I, I I haven't I haven't listened to anything from Hamilton because have you I, not? No, because oh, why mate. would I listen to something if I've not seen the stage? show? Because it's really good and it works without the stage show. That's what's but so good about it. But it's built for the stage. I have no interest in watching it if it's not. I I I, I will probably see it on stage at some point when it comes to Crawley. You know. <laughs> when that happens <laughs> in 20 years time in 20 uh, years it's time. gonna be like no what what will happen before it comes to crawley is that the rights will go into the domain of it being done in um like primary school plays and then you'll go and see a version of it done by 10 year olds yeah and i'll be like oh this is pretty good it's yeah. fine um like I'll, I'll probably go and see it at some point but there's 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 other things i prioritize over it um but i i have i don't want to listen to the music from a stage show because i feel like and and I don't listen to anything from a stage show outside of um outside of that environment. So, you know, you've got these big things like the lame is score. Um Oh, you or, don't you don't ever pop on do you hear the people sing and have no, a rousing because uh-huh. <laughs> I want to see it on stage or I want to see it with um, it Russell Crowe. by Eddie Redmayne. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I want. Um uh, so yeah, I don't know. I feel like all of those things, even if they work well outside of it, that is not their sole purpose. And I I feel like you need to respect the sole purpose of it. See, I think that's a paradigm that has been broken down by the way that culture has moved in the last few years. I don't think stage shows are like that anymore. People listen to them independently. People get into them. Like I was genuinely into and a fan of Hamilton long before we went to see the show. Um, but Claire had never seen anything of it at all, knew nothing of it. We both went to see it together. So our experiences were completely different, but also the same. And we both loved it and got so much out of it in both of those different ways but that's why modern culture is rubbish it's it's like the it's it's like the death of the album people don't listen to albums anymore because they yep. listen to one song they don't there's no room for context anymore no all people want is one song they can play on a loop like baby shark yeah exactly whereas where's our baby shark musical yeah exactly that's what i want <laughs> give it give it to me give me a baby shark musical yeah yeah i don't know i feel like 
there's there's something magical about seeing a big dumb musical on stage yeah, and i feel sure. like it, it i feel like something's diminished if it's built with a second mode in mind i, I always like forget that you love magic and you insist on magic in all things I do insist on magic in all things. That's why I'm so disappointed in Harry Potter at the lack of magic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Time travel, well, whatever. Whatever, mate. Been there, done that. <laughs> I'm sorry, but if you can do all that magic, why have you not, I don't know... The Cursed Child is, is worth seeing. Made it's, England the win the World bit. Cup. <laughs> of course, it's all, all about fucking football. Porter's coming home. He's coming <laughs> um i don't know i've i know what i know the story i read a synopsis of what the story is and i'm like okay that's fine i know that harry potter's son is a bit fan fictiony i know that harry potter's son is is secretly gandalf yeah and it all goes full circle the the, the biggest revelation is okay little spoiler alert if you haven't seen harry potter and the cursed child voldemort had sex (laughs) (laughs) with a snake yeah and that snake gave birth Nagini. to Gandalf. <laughs> yeah. Although I, I, I haven't, I still haven't seen the second uh, Fantabulous Beasts. But isn't it that Nagini's secretly a woman who then got turned into a snake and yes. forgot how to be a person again? Yeah, or yeah. Something she got, like she that. got cursed with like one of those long working blood curses that eventually transforms you into a snake. Yeah, I don't know. So she's That's... a woman in the second. Fantabulous Beasts film. So that which means is that three hours of exposition about the, Johnny Depp. So they're just a bunch of murderers then when they kill her in in Harry Potter yep. seven part one. I'm going to say what, that happens in the first half of that movie. No, part two. Part two. Oh she, yeah, the first. She's the, fi- the, first, she's the final Horcrux. The first half is them walking around in the woods, getting all emo. Yeah, that's right, isn't it? And then they slow dance, running away, and running then, away, and, and then it ends. And yeah, everyone's disappointed. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah um okay so that happens in the second half so they just murdered a woman yep well done guys well done harry that's that's what i expect from a wizard cop like you (laughs) you wizard cop i'm gonna become my new my new insult (laughs) i'm gonna become an aura i'm gonna become a wizard cop oh well done harry i really appreciate that because they've done such a good job of keeping justice in the wizarding world and then he he becomes like the top wizarding cop no wonder his son hates him <laughs> He's there stopping him from smoking the wizard weed. <laughs> yeah. So like, come on, Dad. <laughs> Give me back my wizard bong. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, why aren't you doing things to help all of these poor muggles? They're killing each other. It's like, ah, oh, we can't do that. We've got no. to maintain the center line. It's not allowed. Yeah, yeah. Harry Potter is your centrist. He is dad. he is a centrist dad, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> the center ground that does not exist. <laughs> Except if you're a wizard cop. <laughs> yeah, I, I appreciate. Yeah, it's, it's like um, it's like kindergarten cop, wizard cop. That would be a wonderful '80s B movie, wouldn't it? Like P- Pachinski, <laughs> wizard cop. <laughs> yeah, this is our new film that we need to make. Dirk MacGruber was yeah. a standard cop. He ran his beat, but one day, after an incident in the magic shop. He got embedded with the magic stones of Falcor, and now he is the wizard cop. <laughs> yeah, and then it shows him. He's just in like a, a regular cop outfit, but he's got like a Gandalf beard 
and he just like waves his hand and a car flips over on a New York street and everyone's like, oh my God, it's the wizard cop. And then, <laughs> and then some criminals like burst out of a bank and he's like, hold it right there. And they've, they're like, yeah, you haven't even got any guns. What are you going to do? And he's like, you'll see. Pulls out his wand. <laughs> uh, he pulls out a top pattern. and is like, I'm going to make you motherfuckers disappear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he turns them all into rabbits. Yeah. This is this is happening. Wizard Cop. Who yeah. would star in Wizard Cop? I'm oh thinking. My God. We're we're thinking about it. Uh, are we are we gonna set it in the 80s? Or are we gonna do it as like an 80s pastiche now? I think it's what an 80s pastiche now. So it's someone who has to look like they could have done it then. So it's got to be Adam Driver then, hasn't? Yeah. It? Oh God. Who would yeah, be, he'd be so good? So Adam Driver is because uh, he could be gritty, but he can be funny as well. Yeah. So he's Dirk McGruber. Uh, a regular beat cop he gets stuck in a shootout in a magic shop um which is also where his nemesis appears so his nemesis becomes oh what could his is is his nemesis like a dark wizard cop so i don't know i feel like it shouldn't be a dark wizard i feel like it should be something else magical like a Um, a dragon yeah maybe he becomes a dragon man or something like that or yeah or a werewolf. No, not a werewolf. That's a bit too twilight. Yeah, we we don't any any we don't want to sully the good name of the wolf boys. No, no, no. But but something else maybe. Yeah, so we can't or, go or, vampires either. Or maybe we'll go like necromancer and go really gross because if we're thinking we're, if we're thinking 80s we're thinking proper like gross practical effects. Yeah, yeah. So, you have so he's like got decaying bodies and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, maybe that maybe his enemy he's shooting out with this gangster, this like mafia guy who who gets turned into a necromancer. Um who who then can like raise the dead and stuff like that. So then it's wizard cop versus him. Yeah, and he's like raising the dead all over New York. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. The so, dead are walking the good. streets. This just looks like the Bronx normally. Yeah. Etc. <laughs> Who are you going to call? Wizard Cop. <laughs> yeah. You could even have done a crossover with Ghostbusters, couldn't you? Yeah, yeah. That's why the third Ghostbusters movie never got off the ground. It's because they didn't have Wizard Cop. They couldn't do that Wizard Cop crossover. Yeah, exactly. Wizard Cop is going to be the film that, like, in the next season of Stranger Things, that all the kids are like being nostalgic about, or that they that it's showing them liking, and they're all obsessed with Wizard Cop. Yeah, exactly. That's Sing- what it would have been. Singing the main like theme, eighties theme song that plays over the credits of Wizard Cop. Wizard Cop, do 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 do, Wizard Cop, do 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 do. Oh dear. We, mate, we should have been eighties film producers. Honestly, we'd have been so good at that. We'd have been amazing at it. Ah, oh, Wizard Cop, man. We were, we were born too late. This is going to be one of those things where I wish it existed. It's like my my forever love for the Quentin Tarantino fantasy movie that's never going to happen is Wizard Cop. It's never going to be a thing. <laughs> Apart from that, I'm going to be singing that in my head for you know roughly the next month. <laughs> Wizard cup do 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 The wizard of the police is here <laughs> to kick some ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then it would have to have lots of like synthy stuff going on underneath. Yeah, man. Ah, uh, wizard cop guys. I'm looking forward to you seeing the poster for this one. Yeah, I'm. 
<laughs> what do you think I'm going to be doing immediately after this? <laughs> uh, Who's his sidekick? He needs a sidekick. He does. I feel like it should be a familiar, be like a, a yeah, familiar. I was going to say, like maybe he he has like an actual human buddy who gets turned into some kind of animal familiar in the sh- in the shootout in the magic shop. I mean, if it's going to be New York, it's got to be a rat, Puchinski style. Yeah, it, it's it his his um. Yeah, his uh, his his like partner gets turned into a white rat, and then there's a whole thing where people are like, "Oh, it's a rat." It's like, "No, it's not. It's Brian." Yeah, etc. <laughs> and, and 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 then that goes on a bit, but he can still speak, but maybe only Wizard Cop can hear him. And he puts like a little wizard's hat on Brian, so people know that he's not just like any old rat. He's got a tiny little police badge. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, but then the necromancer also gets a familiar. Maybe it's like a hawk or something like that. It's like a zombie hawk, a horse. <laughs> so then you've got a dramatic scene where the hawk is trying to get at Brian the rat. Um, yeah, if, if it was a horse, he could be sort of quite ominously ride the streets of New York, raising the dead. And then it could be that, like Brian has to like run up the horse's leg and bite it in the eye or something. Oh, that's good actually. I like that. Yeah, it is a horse. It's a horse. Yeah. Because, you know, a, a necromancer on a horse, scarier than a necromancer not on a horse. Yeah, right? because then you can do the whole uh, angel of death thing where he's got a scythe. Somehow he's got a scythe in the middle of New York. Yeah. Um, he he rode out into the into the boonies outside and just went to a farm and stole their scythe and then came back into the city. Yeah. I'm, I'm on board with this. This is happening. This is happening. Yeah, yeah. So the like the big and the big like final scene obviously happens on one of the bridges, like the Brooklyn Bridge or something, and he's riding along with his army of like um zombies that he's raised up and he's got his scythe and he's coming at them. What's Wizard Cop gonna do? He's on a motorbike, of course, because this is oh, the yeah, 80s. obviously. Um it's got a tiny sidecar with Brian the Rat in. <laughs> with a little helmet with on. a little helmet it's not even touching the ground it's just like gaffer taped onto the side of the bike <laughs> um and then there's the rest of the cops there and or maybe like it's a combination of the cops and the magic community oh yeah and they team yeah. up because they're like we can't let dark magic destroy our beautiful city you've got the whole thing like in ghostbusters 2 where everyone unites around the empire state building apart from this time they unite around the much better uh icon of new york wizard cop <laughs> and they have this big fight on the bridge. Yep. And the bridge gets destroyed, but the cops survive. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um yeah, and then so they all go to Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, exactly. I I think this is this is this is this would have been the greatest movie ever. Yep. It would have been like the the eighties classic movie that everyone references, that there'd be songs about it. The Beastie Boys would like be throwing it into raps, you know. Yeah, it would have been a. Everyone would be like, "Oh, remember Wizard Cop?" A perm- oh, man, I used to love Wizard Cop. Oh, and I... there'd be like films made about the eighties or stuff like Stranger Things. Every poster in the background, Wizard Cop. It would have had its own toy line and animated show, which was much less violent. Oh yeah, yeah. It for would. Kids. It would have been much more fun. And like uh, if if you were born between nineteen seventy eight and nineteen eighty three, when you were at primary school, you'd have had a Wizard Cop lunchbox. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That would have... Oh, man, Wizard Cop. I'm so sad. <laughs> Wizard Cop, happy meal. This is this has ruined my life, Paddy. I'm, yeah, now, yeah. I'm now wishing I lived in the parallel universe where Wizard Cop exists. I know. It's like, how do we get there? How, how do you find that parallel universe? I feel I like... I have to watch the butterfly effect. 
<laughs> have you ever seen the butterfly effect yeah, yeah that is a movie i might have to watch that sometime <laughs> i've not seen that in years that's a film uh, it is definitely a film and also there's sufficient romance in that to actually warrant watching it we could we certainly could we could <laughs> maybe not I, yet. I don't think i've seen it since it came out no i definitely haven't um i'm yeah it's happening at some point at some point maybe after wizard cops come out yeah. You might have to wait until Wizard Cop has become a, a true classic of, of cinema. Yeah, I mean, Wizard Cop's our priority number one now, right? Yeah, I mean, that's it. The Pod- podcast is over. This is the last episode. <laughs> tune, yeah. in, tune in next week to our new podcast, The Making of Wizard Cop. Yeah, weekly updates on The Making of Wizard Cop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, then it's like uh, this time next year, it's like, well, the weekly update is that it's still a no from Adam Driver. <laughs> Every week is like, we're now, and now he's not just saying no, he's saying, please yeah. leave me alone. It's like, we haven't got Adam Driver, I, but we have got a bus driver who's willing to give it a go. <laughs> a bus driver called Adam. Um, yeah. who, who's, who else is going to be in Wizard Cop, though? Who else is going to be in the cast? So we are doing, like, now flashing back. Yeah, than... that's right. That's right. Yeah, but I feel like some people who are around in the in the 80s could do like nostalgic turns as older characters like Eddie Murphy or someone like that. He could be like a, a, a boss cop. I feel like Eddie Murphy could be the boss cop. I think Dolph Lundgren needs to be the mentor figure for Wizard Cop. So uh, he is a historic... Yeah, he's a historic wizard who's teaching him the ways. Um, who's going to be our villain though? Um, Josh Gad can do the voice of Brian. Yeah. Maybe maybe we add a bit more Star Wars and Oscar Isaac is the evil uh, necromancer. Yeah, yeah. I was I was th- thinking maybe Luke Evans. Oh, yeah, we I'm sorry Oscar, I I'd, love you. I'd but... like I'd like to see Luke Evans as a necromancer. Yeah, Luke Evans is in. Luke Evans is here. Um Yeah, oh, that's good. Do we need a love interest? This is an 80s flashback. Obviously. So we need yeah, a love interest yeah. for no reason. Um, so is it like, it's it's, like, it's got to be a sexy woman who gets captured by the necromancer? But is she is she also like one of the cops, or whatever? And then is there like a badass thing where she's like fights her own way out, and she's like, I don't need no man. Yeah, I think so because you know we we've got the whole like um, Linda Hamilton in Terminator thing where it flips it on its head, and it's like, no, she's not. She's not just a um, someone to be rescued. She's competent in in her abilities as kicking evil necromancers in the face. Yeah. Um, so yeah, mm, who could that be? Who's who's hot and up and coming? I'm not down with the kids. I don't know. Neither am I. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe Lily James. She's so, yeah. She, like that. She's yeah. shown her abilities at fighting the supernatural forces of darkness in Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. And she's shown that she can do American and Baby Driver. Yeah. Okay. So Lily James is she's a fellow cop. Um, and she could have a musical number as well. She, on from she could too. have a musical number. Yeah, I think I think that fits in very well um, with with the whole eighties thing. You can have this kind of synth, this subtle synth thing going on, and maybe yeah. she, maybe she sings on the whole soundtrack. And, Absolutely, and it ends yeah. with over the over the credits. You've got the main the main Wizard Cop song, and it's sung by her. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's kind of, it's like something like the Neverending Story, you know, real real like pop synth banger, but yeah. with a little bit of little bit of edge. Yeah, I'm the, or something works. like um like Run with Us, you know, something along those lines. Ah, oh, what a tune! Yeah, that that's He's perfect. He's a wizard cop. He's got everything he needs. 
in the magic shop of his dreams. There you go. The writes itself. <laughs> oh my god, how is it this late? We've definitely we have... spent more time talking about Wizard Cop <laughs> than about Phantom of the Opera. We have definitely, but to be fair, Wizard Cop is the greatest <laughs> movie ever made. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, right, okay. Uh, <laughs> let's 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 round this up then. Yeah. Uh, what else do I have to say about Phantom of the Opera? I, I think past the point of no return song is pretty good. I guess it, like when he starts singing it and he's like edgily looking into her eyes. I got I got some chills there. You've got you've got Masquerade, which I definitely thought they were singing Master Race to begin with. I thought, <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's gone all, all right on us. Um which is which is fine. Um uh yeah, the, the, they they recreated the songs pretty well. I do think it needed more synth nonsense. Yeah. Um, it's too too much like farting organ, not enough synth. Yeah, exactly. I um, hate how much talk singing there was though. It was really annoying, really jarring. Yeah, <laughs> that's one of those things that never really translates that well uh, no. from from musical to to uh, film. It didn't work that well in Les Mis either, did it? No, no, it didn't. I, and I think it worked slightly better in, in Les Mis because it was all that kind of one-take rawness, so it all felt more cohesive because of that. But it feels particularly jarring when you can quite clearly tell when it goes from this is that take and then this is that take where they did it properly um and auto-tuned it and everything like that um so yeah it's it's a shame but (laughs) what can you do but it's it's a hilarious overblown film that is carried by gerard butler's overacting and over singing if such a thing is possible (laughs) it's definitely possible um it's great (laughs) and there's a bit where like he's he goes this is the choice (laughs) <laughs> and like it's like you either be with me or I'll kill Raoul or whatever the choice is, and then he looks at her and she just looks a little bit, a little bit sad. She's like, "Oh, I've got to be with Angry McMurderson or Wet Milk McGee." <laughs> but to be fair, like she literally just does what every single man tells her, even when that man is a murderer. Yeah, it's not. It's not a feminist piece. No, and that is a problem with the original novel, and then with the stage show. It's been a long-running problem with the entire um, story. Yeah. Alas, we'll make sure that doesn't happen in Wizard Cop. No, Wizard Cop's all about empowerment: empowerment of women, empowerment of wizards, empowerment of yeah. cops. Oh dear. So Adam Driver and Lily James are going to get together, but before they do, she's going to save herself from the necromancer and then kick him in the balls. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And may- maybe she rescues Brian the rat at the yeah, same time. Maybe yeah. they both get captured. Um, and she's just kind of collateral because really he's after Brian. And then she breaks them both out and goes back and is like, here he is, he's here. And his plan is to take Brooklyn Bridge with his army of mafia zombies. Oh, yeah, got to get the mafia involved. Yeah, obviously. yeah. You come to me on the day of my daughter's wedding. <laughs> You come to me on the day of my daughter's wedding. <laughs> <laughs> That's a callback to episode one of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Godfather the Musical. Speaking of which, have we discussed the what our boy Francis Ford Coppola has said recently? No. Is it about Megalopolis? No. That sounds, that sounds uh, great. It sounds amazing. No, what he's done is, you know how Martin Scorsese was asked about Marvel movies and he said, eh, I don't really care for them. 
um, Francis Ford Coppola has <laughs> called them despicable. <laughs> of course. Which is great. And and then he's he's uh, clarified, oh no, I really like um, Into the Spider-Verse. I'm talking specifically about the Marvel Cinematic Universe here. <laughs> it's like, fair, fair plays, mate. You know, I, I have a lot of respect for 80-year-old directors just not giving a shit what people Wait, think about Into their Into the Spider-Verse one of the few Spider-Men Marvel films that's good? It's not made by Marvel, though. It's one of the Sony um, right. Spider-Man movies, um, which I think is why they took a risk in doing a, a an animated movie across multiple forms of animation, um, which I don't necessarily think Marvel would have agreed to. No. Um, which is, yeah, it's... Uh, it's nice and i i love that he just does not care about the fact that everyone on the internet's really angry with him i imagine i imagine he hasn't even seen the fallout (laughs) of his comments which i really appreciate of course he hasn't he's not on social media surely francis ford Coppola. i doubt i doubt it he doesn't need he's he's not even got an anonymous twitter account he doesn't need that um which is i i just find it very very funny I, i and you know i don't necessarily agree with them about it i feel like I, I feel like the business behind the Marvel movies is worrying, not necessarily the content, in that Disney now basically has a monopoly over um, big budget movies. And um, it's just constantly churning out content. Yes, and content that's very, very similar with each take. But I don't I don't necessarily see a problem with the artistic merit of them any more than I care about, you know, musicals in the 1940s. You know, it's the same. It's a similar kind of thing. It's a big trend that's making people a lot of money, and people are enjoying them. And there's not really anything wrong with that. But at the same time, I find it very, very funny when people say something critical about it, which gets everybody angry, and they yeah. really don't <laughs> care about that. I, I, I think that's fun. I was like, mate, it's Francis Ford Coppola. What have you done? <laughs> yeah, this is the person who made uh, the greatest movie of all time. Uh, Dracula the, with Keanu, Reeves. The Godfather Part Three, which everybody loves. <laughs> <laughs> that popular extremely well-loved hollywood movie <laughs> yeah, exactly exactly um yeah I, I don't know i i i think it's funny um i i enjoy it so so shall i give us some trivia bef- of the phantom of the opera before we got david yes before please. we get diverted yeah. onto something else which which is going to happen um so uh the phantom speaks only 14 lines and the rest of them are sung which is amazing yeah more more movies should do that (laughs) which is a nasty combination of notes honestly uh patrick wilson did his own stunts Hmm. he did lots of standing around looking sad and being in the underwater prison thingy that was very unnecessary yep (laughs) god bless him (laughs) um so apart from emmy rossum uh charlotte church Anne hathaway and kate winslet were considered for the role Hmm. of christine Um, could have seen that and Anne hathaway was actually a very prominent uh singer at the time um so she could have also been a very good choice for that um which would have been interesting yeah i think she could have carried it off um and uh, obviously the uh, a final bit of trivia is that um andrew lloyd webber was very heavily involved in this movie so he was the producer um and um he wrote 15 minutes more of stuff for it as well so it's it's not one of those things that was done without the creator of the source materials sort of um permission he was very much 15 unnecessary extra minutes using only those four notes yes exactly (laughs) 
But I think you can tell from the the aesthetic and the sensibility of it that he was involved. Yeah, yeah, it does. It feels very authentic to the stage show, which I like. Yeah, that's cool. Um, but yeah, so that'll do for trivia. We've got too much, too much trivia. Yep. Um, so how are we going to rate this? What's our rating for this? Uh, let's see. How many people will you hang in the opera house before you get your way? <laughs> <laughs> until until Harry Potter in wins England the World Cup. Yep. <laughs> um yeah, it's gonna be I think it's gonna be twelve for me. I, I I enjoy this movie, but it is not good, I guess is the best way to describe yeah, it. Yeah, you're not enjoying it because it's good, you're enjoying it because it's silly. Yeah, because it's silly fun. And and I think there's there's something to be said for silly fun. So yeah, twelve for me. I've I've killed twelve people. That's cool. I I I've killed ten people. Okay, there we go. There we go. Yeah, that's fair. It's it's a Bon Jovi. Yeah, it's Bon Jovi it. Yep. The Phantom of New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> John Bon Jovi. <laughs> um, right, so... Oh, dear. Up next... Is it your choice? Well, I kind of went... Did everything for Halloween month. We kind of agreed on them together yeah, and then I introduced true. each one. So, Well, I just wanted... To, I have a suggestion, unless you had one. Uh, no, so I have one that we can we can do next next time out if you've got something good to go. Well, we were talking last time about Guy Fawkes films, weren't we? And we didn't manage to come up with anything. But um, my dad suggested that we do V for Vendetta. And ah, that has a romantic plot, right? It does. It does. And also has kind of the Guy Fawkes thing and the masks and everything. So that could be interesting, right? Yeah, that would be good. And we can also talk about the new Watchmen TV show at the same time, which I don't know if you've seen the first episode of that. Uh, no, I have um, not. It is good. It's very different. They've done a very interesting take on it. Um, so yes, we can. I can explain what that is um, yeah. in more detail, and we can talk about V for Vendetta. Which yeah, so we can take that as my choice, and then go from there, right? Yeah, excellent stuff. I mean, really, it's all just filler until we get to a Christmas Prince Three: The Royal Baby. But it's <laughs> of, good course, of course, of yeah. course, of course. Alrighty, cool. Alrighty, <laughs> that's, that's what they call you. Alt righty, <laughs> yeah. How dare you? How very dare you? Oh, all right. Well, do we, do we have anything else to talk about? Or um, we... I'm done. I'm done. I think we need to leave it there because we need to go and get to work on Wizard Cop. We do. We do. I'm going to be up all night writing about Wizard Cop. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you very much for tuning in. We really, really appreciate it. Hope you've enjoyed this discussion of Wizard Cop, and. Um, we'll be back next week to talk about V for Vendetta. Um, you can reach out to us on Twitter at Big Boys Don't Pod, on email Big Boys Don't Cry Podcast at gmail dot com. Love to hear from you. Thank you. Pass the point of no return. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to the podcast. Big Boys Don't Cry. <laughs> very good. Very good. All right. Bye, 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 bye.